Our reading this morning comes from the book of Malachi, chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord, whom you seek, will suddenly come to his temple, and the messenger of the covenant, in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming, and who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire, and like fuller's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and he will purify the sons of Levi and refine them like gold and silver. And they will bring offerings in righteousness to the Lord. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord as in the days of old and as in former years. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. Uh, so we we continue this week uh, in our Advent uh, series, Advent season, even uh, thinking about what that means. And uh, I said before, um, I'll say it again many times, probably. But Advent literally means uh, coming or uh, arrival. And 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 what we're thinking about, what we're dwelling on right now, is and taking a pause on is not only just the first coming of Jesus um, as that sweet baby in the manger, right? Uh, but the second coming as he comes um, at, the, at the end of the age, at the close of the age, as he comes in judgment. And so uh, today we're actually we're going to focus on that part. And so uh, would you pray with me? Father, uh, thank you that you've given us your word. Um, we thank you, Lord, that your word runs deep. Um, that that there's so much um, so much to drink from it um, that it's so rich it's so vibrant it's living and active and yet it's sharper than a two-edged sword uh, it cuts to the bone and the marrow and so Father we um, we we ask that this morning you would cut us a bit uh, that you would uh, injure us where we um, love things. Um, and others more than we love you, uh, that you would injure us in those ways and hurt our idols so that we would come running to you, not as our judge, but as our Father. So open our eyes to see your word and hear and understand. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Uh, when, you, when you think of, of Christmas coming, what are the, the first few things that come to mind for you? What's the first few things, you know? Family. Family? That's a good one. Lights, right? Maybe candles, uh, ornaments, cookies, lots of cookies for sure. Especially if you're the cookie monster. We've been watching a little bit of Sesame Street lately. Cookie monster loves his cookies. Um, But uh, what else? Uh, Inflatables, I don't know, decorations, right? Busy, yeah, yeah, busy shopping malls and centers. Santa, I know him, right, as Elf famously said in Gimbal's in the department store, right? I know him. So excited, just filled with excitement. It's the, that the spirit is in the air of just so much excitement. Or maybe some people take some time to think about uh, the, the sweet baby in the manger who uh, never cried and kept his parents up uh, like normal infants do, right, um, as they're setting up the, the nativity. 
Um, anyways, a, a lot of that stuff is great. It's, it's really, you know, good stuff. And I'm, I'm no Grinch. I'm no Scrooge, right? We had our tree up early November. So, I mean, we were ready for Christmas. We were ready to get excited. Um, but at the same time, I think that um, there's a message that we, we rarely, especially in our, in our, in our time, in our, in our culture, we, we never really take time to think about. We never take a moment to consider and reflect on. And it's a theme that the, the Bible talks about a lot, over and over and over again, actually. Um, and, and what Christians have long held is important to talk about during the Advent season. And I'm, I'm talking about the themes of, of really, of judgment and of, of purification or, or renewal. And uh, uh, when Christmas is on its way, we don't just remember Christ's first coming, but we also think about his second coming. And so that's what we're going to really think about and focus on this morning um, from, from, from Malachi. So Malachi is an Old Testament scripture. We just heard the reading. Um, and I want to spend some time talking about just two things this morning. The first is judgment. The second is renewal. So pretty simple. Hopefully you can follow along with me as we're looking through uh, what this means. And so um, the Advent message, though, it says loud and clear, God is coming. God is coming. God is going to show up. And, and, and the first part of that that we have to think about is that, that God's coming to judge, and then secondly, God's coming to renew. And so let's think about God coming to judge. God is coming to judge. Uh, if, if we had gone uh, verse by verse through the book of Malachi, sorry, this stand is just in my way. I've got to have some mobility up here. You know what I'm um, God is, uh, so, so, so Malachi... Um, if we, if we were to look through, you know, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, all the way to chapter 3, we would have noticed a, a pattern where, where God's people seem to be putting God on trial, right? They, they, they seem to be calling him to account. Um, they're acting like judges of him. And, and why, would they, why might they be doing that? So just a little bit of background. Um, the book of Malachi, it was written uh, about 100 years after the decree of Cyrus in 538 BCE. And that was um, that that decree, right, from this from King Cyrus. It ended their captivity to a nation called Babylon, right, a much stronger, more powerful nation that 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 took them into captivity. And so they were actually back in the the land that God had given them, the, the promised land, the land of Canaan. There are all kinds of different ways to say that. And, and when they returned to the particular place of Judah, right, in that in that region, uh, they were deeply disappointed. So God said that He would deliver them and restore them to. Uh, their, their, their land, that, that um, they would bring, bring them back. And, then, and, and they, were. They, were, they were. They were free, right? They weren't in captivity anymore. They're back in their land. They're having, it's cozy. It's great, right? Except things are not that great, right? They're back in the temple, but it's not so glorious. Um, as they, you know, read the, the, their Old Testament script, their older scriptures, right? And they're meditating on those. They're looking and they're saying, they're seeing that God had promised flourishing crops, he had promised uh, great prosperity, uh, economic prosperity, political security and stability for them. Um, all of these great and grand things, right? A restored uh, temple, all, all sorts of promises. And they didn't have all that fully. They're still longing for more. And they're, they're, they're really just another tiny nation on the map, a little blip, uh, surrounded by more powerful, more successful, more influential nations. And so uh, I think as we would be in their shoes, right, they were very cynical in that situation. 
And so they were questioning God's justice. God said he'd give us prosperity, but we're neither rich nor poor. We're just meh. Like life's like not up here. It's not down here. It's just kind of like, eh. like God promised so much more. We were hoping for more. And God said they'd be prosperous in this, in this land. And, and what they don't consider is their own shortcomings in this agreement. Because God had actually conditioned all of those things, right? All of those, those promises. They were actually conditional ones based on um, if they had obeyed his word. And, and what we see in, again and again with Israel is again and again they don't, right? They fall short. They do not obey the word of the Lord um, and that, that's a, a common message. So, so this is why Malachi he calls them back to be careful for what they wish for. And he says this, Malachi chapter 3, verse 1. Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. And the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming, and who can stand when he appears? So in the New Testament, Jesus quotes this, this uh, passage in, in Matthew chapter 10, verse 11. And he says that it was fulfilled. The promise of a messenger happened, right? It was fulfilled in the, in the person of John the Baptist who prepared the way for Jesus. The messenger of the covenant who, who would return suddenly to his temple uh, is, is the one who, who Malachi's original readers would have thought of as, as, as God himself, as Yahweh, coming. And that's who it was. So John the Baptist and Jesus are, the, are in focus here. And um, we're going to get a chance to really explore that um, in January when we look at uh, the Gospel of Mark. Mark starts out launching in with John the Baptist and Jesus. So we're going to learn more about what, what all that means um, in the new year. But, but So all this preparation is for judgment. It's for judgment. The day of the Lord is drawing near. So these, uh, the people had better watch out for what they say. Malachi warns, their own house is not in order. They're doing many things that have broken God's law, that, um, that have not loved their neighbor. And so God is going to judge the nations, but it also includes his just judgment of his own people. God is coming. That's the message we see. The day of the Lord. Um, Malachi 4 verse 5 uh, mentions the day of the Lord. If, if, we, if we studied the minor prophets, if we got really uh, into the nitty-gritty there, uh, we'd see the day of the Lord is, is this theme of, of the final judgment, the last judgment, the day of the Lord coming. The, the prophets of old, like Malachi and Amos, um, they all spoke of this time coming where God was going to decisively put an end to evil. Where he would put an end to evil. He would just uh, judge justly and, and fairly punish wrongdoers. Now, the idea of justice, um, a God who will one day judge everyone, I, I, it can sound very off-putting, right? I get that. It's, it sounds very off. It's not a popular topic. Um, but let me, let me just say this. Um, if you have ever been on the receiving end, if you've experienced oppression, right? If you've ever been a victim, if you've ever been hurt really badly, if you've, been on the, if you've gotten a, a bad blow, if you've been bullied, if that's you, would you really want to live in a world in which there is no God of justice? Would you really want to live in a world where people who do terrible things, uh, say, maybe to women and children, or just terrible things in general to other human beings, exploitation and manipulation and very cruel and harsh things, would you really want to live in a world in which God will never call those people to account? 
for what they've done. See, I couldn't live in a world like that. And I'm so glad that, that the God who's made this world has promised to put an end to evil. He will let justice roll down. And so, I mean, this is a, this is a warning also for us. Um, say, uh, you know, if you've, if you've maybe been a Christian for a while, um, it's a warning for, for us to, to check our own view of God. Uh, do we think maybe he's late in his timing of justice? Uh, do we think he needs to come more quickly than, uh, than he is? Um, have we maybe forgotten his word? Have we drifted or been stagnant? Have we uh, forgotten to um, listen to him in his word? Read his, read his Bible. Have we ceased to listen to his voice? I think we do well to uh, recover this focus uh, uh, of, of Advent, this, this, this portion of Advent. Um, in 1928, so this is a little while ago, uh, a German uh, pastor named Dietrich Bonhoeffer, he, he gave a sermon during Advent, and he preached this. He said this about judgment. He said, it's very, very remarkable... Of course, he said this probably in German, right? Yeah. yeah. So I'm not sprechen Sie Deutsch, okay? No. Um, it's very remarkable that we face the thought that God is coming so calmly, whereas previously peoples trembled at the day of God. We've become so accustomed to the idea of divine love and of God's coming at Christmas that we no longer feel the shiver of fear that God's coming should arouse in us. We're indifferent to the message taking only the pleasant and agreeable out of it, and forgetting the serious aspect, that the God of this world draws near to the people of our little earth and lays claim to us. The coming of God is truly not only glad tidings, but first of all, frightening news for everyone who has a conscience. Only when we've felt the terror of the matter can we recognize the incomparable kindness. God comes into the very midst of evil and of death and judges the evil in us and in the world. And by judging us, God cleanses and sanctifies us, comes to us with grace and love. Um, so, I mean, I want to challenge all of us, um, myself, this Advent season, every, everyone, um, to, to kind of to hit the pause button on like the, the Hallmark Christmas movies a little bit, you know, and just, just the, the super pleasant and easy to listen to Christmas music and songs, right? And just and reflect a little bit, right? Camp out for a bit on God's justice. That God is coming. This is a God who will not stand for or tolerate evil. Uh, not just the evil that's out there, right, in, in culture, but in here. And in here. In our own hearts. Um, the God who, who came as a, a small child, a small baby, then crucified criminal will come again soon. God is coming. And uh, anyone wondering where, like, these people in Malachi, like they were wondering, where the God of justice is, um, we'll see that he's never been aloof to suffering, that God has never been morally indifferent, that he isn't apathetic towards sin that hurts and oppresses other people. The only reason God waits to execute his perfect judgment, his justice, is because he loves. He's patient because he loves. Um, as Paul says in Romans, it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. Or Peter writes in Second Corinthians, uh, not Second Corinthians, Second Peter chapter three, he says, um, "The Lord is not slow to fulfill His promise, as some count slowness, but He's patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance." 
And so, I mean, the, the first thing Malachi just wants to imprint in our minds, wants us to get, is that the God of justice is coming. He is coming. The king who holds the title of Lord, of sovereign, of ruler, is on his way. So are you ready? God is coming to judge. But God's also coming to renew. He's not just coming to judge. He's coming to renew. The same one who holds the title of Lord is also the one who holds the title of messenger of the covenant. He's ruler, but he's also redeemer. He's Lord, but he's the Lord who became a servant first. The same God who judges is the same God who offers renewal right now. So, I mean, that's the second thing I want us to think about is, is God is coming to judge. God is coming to renew, to bring us renewal. So Malachi 3.2, a second part says, continues, For he is like a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap. Verse 3, He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. And he'll purify the sons of Levi and, and refine them like gold and silver. And they will bring offerings and righteousness to the Lord. Now, a refiner is somebody who um, would, would um, separate pure metals from ore. They'd apply just an intense amount of heat, and, uh, and it would become fluid, uh, be in a fluid state. And, and a fuller soap, that was um, like, a, like a launderer who, who really scrubbed really hard to get the grease and grime um, out um, to remove oil and, and grease and grime from, from clothing. Uh, the, the processes kind of described in this verse, if we're just reading that, right, it's, they, they don't sound that bad. They sound pretty pleasant, you know. It's like, oh, it's nice to get a wash, you know. It's nice to be refined, like, Lord, refine me with your fire. Like, you know, there's a song, I think, right? Um, I'm not singing. Uh, so we, we did Song of Songs. That's over, right? <laughs> there's no more songs um, for a while. So, so but we're in church today, um, and, and, you know, people who come to church are coming because, you know, they want to be cleaned up a little bit. Um, no, they're a little dirty around here, here, you know, get cleaned up a little bit, or it'll look good for my neighbors, um, to other people around us, get clean a little bit, look a little better. Um, but, but see, these, these two images are not gentle, um, especially from the perspective of, of the clothing or, or um, the metals, right? I mean... Being changed from one state to another is kind of a grueling process. Um, I think it's easy to think of ourselves, though, as as just a little bit of a fixer-upper. Um, somebody's going to get that reference, right? Come on. Most of you have seen Disney's Frozen by now. It's been out for a while. What's that? I'm not singing it. A little bit of a fixer-upper. <laughs> Christoph's troll family, right? That's the, they all they come out. They look like rocks and Anna and, you know, Olaf and all those characters. It's been a while. So. But all those characters, they come and they see. And, and, you know, he's just a little bit of a fixer-upper. Talking about Christoph, right? He's just got a little work. You know, he's rough around the edges. I think he stinks. And they say a lot of things about him. Anyways, that's what family does. Um, but he's a bit of a fixer-upper. So, I mean, maybe you know, you're at church today, and you might be thinking, well, you know, I'm just a little bit of a fixer-upper. I'm a tax-paying person. I work hard. I take care of things. I'm responsible. I'm not as mean as, like, my coworker, my boss. I would be a better boss than my boss, you know. Thinking all these different ways that you're better than, you know. Uh, and we're, we're at church just to get fixed up a little bit, to just get a little bit better. I'm mostly okay. I just need, you know, like the right three-point sermon or two-point sermon, or I need the right list, Right? 
I just need a few little healthy tips, then I'm going to get it. I'm going to know what's up. But that's not the imagery we have here. And here and also in the rest of the scriptures and the rest of the Bible, it would be easy to think that I just need you know, a few little elements. I'm like rough around the edges. I'm just a little bit of a fixer-upper. And I just need a little bit of that to be burned off, and then I'm going to be this beautiful, shining silver platter. <laughs> you know, This beautiful gold is just going to be there. Um, and the, the imagery is different. Uh, as Isaiah later says, what we find uh, when we're looking at ourselves, what we find is filthy rags. Paul elaborates on that in, uh, in the book, uh, uh, in uh, the letter to, the, to Philippi. And he says, um, I can't say what he says. Actually, I'll just say what he, the rough translation of what he says. He says, some translations say rubbish, some say dung. So human excrement, feces, is what he's talking about, is what, what it is. So sin's not just what I do, but it's part of who I am. I sin and I'm a sinner. Sin's what separates us from God, makes us further apart from him. Sin distorts the good creation that God has made and keeps us from being near to him, from being close to him. And so if I'm ever going to be renewed or, or purified, um, what needs to happen is a, a total death to the old me. A total dying and raising to life of a new man or new woman. O come, O come, Emmanuel. Uh, that's, that's one of the, the songs that uh, we often return to during Advent. That's uh, one we've been singing at home a little bit. And uh, um, what we're asking in that song is for, for God to show up in our midst to destroy the evil in the world, yes, but Really, the evil that's in our own hearts, right? The, the evil that makes me a conniving person. The evil that um, is, is, is what stirs up division. The evil that stirs up strife where you know, we're fighting and arguing with spouse. Or um, we're chasing after things we ought not to chase after. So it's frightening when God comes, because uh, he comes to judge and he comes to renew, but it's also encouraging, right? God loves us too much to leave us in the mess that we made. That God loves us too much to leave us just as we are. God loves us too much to keep his hands folded. God loves us so much that he actually unfolded his hands and got his hands dirty from the manger to the cross, to be our redeemer. Not just be our ruler, but to be our redeemer. To save. The purification process, the refiner's fire uh, that God has for his people is in bringing the substitute. In bringing the messenger of a new and better covenant where in his gospel he gives us a great exchange of, 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 of dross for gold, of sin for silver. By his wounds we are healed. Through his death, we have life. This exchange. I mean, how is it that, that, that God can purify and refine and renew a sinner like me to make me new and beautiful? How, how can he do such a thing? It's through the one who knew no sin. He was pure gold. He was undefiled silver. Precious. And he went through. He was thrown into the fire. 
to become sin so that we might become the righteousness of God, that we'd be silver and gold through faith in Jesus. The precious, that we'd be beautiful in the eyes of our refiner. I mean, so, so we're, we're more than just a little bit of a fixer-upper. We're more than that. So we need to come to the end of, 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 of trying to do better or be better and instead run to the only one who was better, Jesus. What God wants us each to hear this morning is, is, is not ultimately a message of judgment. I hope that you don't just leave with, oh man, that preacher was talking about judgment a lot. So judgy. But, but that you would hear words of comfort, of gospel renewal of coming to faith in Jesus, that this is really, at heart right now, it's a message of hope. Malachi asked the question, who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? And, and, and what we're seeing is, don't trust in yourself. Instead, look at the one that, that God has provided to make satisfaction for your sins, to do what you could not do yourself. Look to him. Behold my messenger. He says, he says, behold, another way to put that is just look. Stop looking at yourself. Stop comparing yourself to others. Stop thinking that you just have a few things to be fixed. Realize the true problem and come to him. God is coming. But look to Jesus. Trust in him. Um, also, you know, if you find yourself to be in a cynical spot right now, like uh, these people were, you know, you're unhappy about your life, you're unhappy about your situation, you're disappointed with how things have panned out, and you're frustrated at, at circumstances that you're facing. If you're finding yourself like these people, and, and, and you're upset about all the wrongdoing, all the injustice that you see in this world, all the filth, and you're thinking, man, does God even care? Does God even mind? Does he, does he pay attention to the cruelty? Um, you know, I'm about sick and tired of hearing about uh, what's going on in Yemen. 13 million people uh, facing starvation. I think over 5 million uh, children starving to death. Um, it's awful. And I, you know, sometimes I think I have a bad, hard day. <laughs> I have a bad day. And then I'm like, nope, I don't have a bad day compared to that. But that's a cruelty. That, I mean, that stuff does make me shake my fist at God. What is wrong with this world? Where is your justice? Why are your hands folded? And, and the, the great answer that Malachi brings to this, the great answer that Malachi has to our complaints, our frustrations. Before we stand to accuse God of not caring, he says, look to Jesus. Look to the one who endured the cross. He went through humiliation and shame. His sacrifice, his life, his brutal death on the cross is God's answer to the indifference we feel in this world of injustice. Jesus is God's answer to the suffering we face and our neighbors face around us. And Jesus is God's answer to the, the problem of us being more than just a bit of a fixer-upper. The God of justice is on his way. God is coming, so don't worry about what you can't control, about what you haven't been able to fix just right. Look to Jesus. Look to his coming. Um, so a friend of mine told me a story this week, um, and uh, I guess he was fighting off weight gain, and I uh, thought it was all good, and he was doing well, uh, as long as he stayed under 200 pounds, right? 
And so uh, eventually hops on the scale and finds out, man, I'm about 200 pounds. Wow, that happened already. Need to lose some weight. Need to shed some pounds. Alarmed, you know, he knew he needed to do something about it. Goes to the doctor and, um, you know, knows what, what's wrong, right? Like, oh, yeah, I stepped on the scale. I know I'm 200 pounds. So the doctor actually turns to him and says, actually, you're not 200 pounds. You're 215, <laughs> right? Eee. Problem's worse than I thought, right? So, of course, my friend threw out the, the faulty scale, right? It wasn't working very well. Not, not, doing, not doing its job. Um, and, you know, lost, lost some weight, right? <laughs> Figured that out. Um, I don't know what faulty scale you're hopping on, right? It's probably, there's some scale you're hopping on uh, to measure your value or your sense of worth or your standing before God or your understanding of all the problems of injustice that you see in the world. But whatever scale you're hopping on, if it ain't Jesus, it's a faulty scale. One pastor uh, put it like this. He said, the only person whose opinion counts, the creator of God of the universe, looks at me and he finds me more valuable than all the jewels in the earth. How can we worry about being snubbed now? How can we care that much about what we look like in the mirror? That's why God, God judges and renews, because he loves us and he, and he wants us to be forever with him. After the process of renewal, Malachi ends, he says in verse 4, Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord, as in the days of old and as in former years. And so God renews us so that we will bring him praise. So we'll bring him glory. So we'll bring him worth from our hearts. That's why he judges, why he renews us. And so, come, let us adore him.